This is Give Me Some Truth, a podcast from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. You gotta leave your money behind you. Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. It's Jonathan Jordan here, and I'm here with Mitch DeWitt, and I'm really excited today because we have a special guest uh, in our office and on the podcast today. And just as a little bit of background, um, you know, I've, I've been in Madison now for just over 15 years. And when I moved here, I knew nobody. And Ellen and I, you know, we did not have any friends or family in the area. And over the first, you know, three or four years, we were having a hard time, um, you know, just kind of meeting people and, you know, home with kids. And, you know, there was one family that kind of came into our lives. Uh, we met them through church and just ended up developing a great friendship with them. Our kids were growing up together. And I, I remember, um, you know, he telling me one day, he said, he's a dentist. And so we, we kind of found our way over and, and asked if we could become patients. And, and ever since then, I get all these compliments on my smile and, you know, how, and how good my teeth look. And I said, well, you know, I, I give all the credit to my dentist. But uh, we were talking, Mitch and I, about, you know, who we could bring in here that we felt like had, had an impact in the community around here that was a small business owner we thought uh, would be someone we'd want to just kind of talk to and get an opportunity to learn from. And so I want to introduce today uh, Rob Warren, um, good friend of mine and uh, a good friend of Mitch's as well. And so get an opportunity to learn about you. So welcome, Rob. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. So, uh, you know, just as a little background, you know, you grew up in the area. Could you talk a little bit about um, just kind of your, your experience growing up here and, uh, and, and, and what it's been like for you to be a Madisonian? Uh, yeah, it's been great. As I was telling a gentleman earlier, I grew up right in this neighborhood, uh, right over in Nakoma, born and raised here in Madison, uh, and absolutely loved it. was very fortunate uh, to have a dad who was also a dentist, so I got a lot to, to watch him and how he was continuing to give back and help start uh, Middleton West Rotary and, and getting engaged at Oakwood Village, helping out with bingo and, and getting engaged in giving back. And so that's really what I watched my parents do and, and continue to, uh, when I graduated from dental school, come back to Madison and do the same thing. Um, it's one of those things that you just, you leave, you love being here, but it's fun to get away. And it really made me appreciate how awesome Madison is. So was there a point in time growing up that you were exploring anything else outside of dentistry when it came to career choice? Cause you know, I, I think sometimes people say, Oh, well, you know, dad's a dentist and therefore just following the footsteps. But was there a point in time where you were going through that process of, yeah, I really want to do this, or oh, is there something else out there? I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to hear a little bit about that that time of your life. Yeah, it's interesting you ask, because I, I really always thought I wanted to. The only other job I really wanted before was I really wanted to go down at the Vilas Zoo, and I was going to live with the monkeys in Ooh. the zoo, down at Vilas Zoo. That here. sounds I was, like a I would, I would be a zookeeper. I was going to live inside there or drive the Zamboni at UW hockey games. My dad Ooh. was the team dentist. We'd go to the games. Those are the two jobs I wanted. Um, other than that, up until I graduated college, I'd always thought about dentistry where I wanted to go. But then I was like, maybe I'm taking an easy way out and following dad's footsteps. Maybe I should try something else. And so I went into uh, restaurant management, public relations work with Pizza Hut uh, here in town and did that for about a year um, after I'd spent a lot of time waiting tables and, and running the restaurant, started managing and realized that's not what I want to do. <clears throat> I felt like I really wasn't able to give back the way I wanted to and help people the way I wanted to. Uh, and so... Long story short, my sister broke her back in a skiing accident, so I actually quit the job and moved down to take care of her when she was in med school. I was thinking maybe med school is the way to go, and then realized I didn't like the lack of connection some doctors have with their patients. And I loved remembering the stories of my dad. He knew their families. 
Uh, he knew, uh, would go to their games. He'd see him at rotary events. He'd see him at football games and got to know the community and really got to know the patients. And so that's where I really decided I did not want to go the route of medicine. I really didn't want to go the route of dentistry. And once I jumped back into it, it was all in and absolutely loved it. It's been just a blessing. It's been a lot of fun. That's amazing. And it, it sounds like another thing that you definitely, I don't know if inherited is the right word from your dad, but it sounds like he was quite charitable and it seems like that is passed on to, to you as well, you know, and, and some of the things that you're involved in the community. It sounds like that's a theme I'm hearing just five minutes into this yeah. podcast. It, it really is. I mean, it's the most amazing thing God gives you in your life are your time and your talents, right? You cannot, I don't care how much money you have, you cannot buy more time in your life. So what you choose to do with that says a lot about who you are and what you can do and the impact you can have. So I uh, was always just raised to fi- take that time that you have and use your talent to find a way to give back. And that's what we try to do. So now, did you take any business classes when you were in school? I took a couple of business classes. Um, in most professional schools, uh, medicine, law, dentistry, those different areas, they focus more on the craft of what you're trying to learn and not as much about how to run the business. And so I had a few courses, but I really learned a lot, in all honesty, from working uh, for Rich Dialbus and Pizza Hut, how to run a small business. Uh, then I turned around, and when I went and bought a practice, when I came back, I worked for my dad for a little while, and then bought another practice, and then from my gentleman, Dr. Larry Wilds, taught me a lot about how to run the business side of things uh, and really make sure that the numbers are going to work and you'd figure things out. Has but, that changed over time in, in dental schools? Because is it still primarily focused on what your craft is, but has that changed? Are there more offerings if you go to dental school now in 2019, let's say, for the business side? They actually tried when I was in dental school to have like a, an associate degree in business. Uh, and, I, and then it really, it fell through. It didn't, didn't last. Uh, so you can take, try to take some courses, but for the most part, you're, you're taking 22 credits a semester. There's not a lot of space in there right. to throw in a business course and how to manage a practice. They'll give you the legal stuff, you know, HR, making sure you say the right stuff at the interview, don't ask the wrong questions in an interview, yep. uh, that kind of stuff. But for the most part, they don't do a lot of that. A lot of you are on your own. You have to go after you graduate and find a small group of, of dentists, of people you can work with, find a mentor uh, that you can learn from. And not all dentists want to own their own practice either, right? Correct, Some yes. might just want to be an associate right out of school, yeah. and maybe they don't desire yeah. to have their own business. Yep, and that's a big thing going on in the dental community right now. There are a lot of corporate groups coming in, um, buying up smaller practices, absorbing them into larger groups, because dentists come out of school with so much debt that they'd rather just go work for someone else to be able to go and do the dentistry and go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, like I said, was very blessed to have a dad who was doing it and learned a lot from him and realized I wanted to be in private practice so I could take care of the patients the way I want to. I can donate care when I want to donate it. I don't have to worry about doing anything else other than taking care of the two most important things in my practice, which is take care of my team and, and take care of my patients. And there's also a, a connection here to a past podcast with Affordable Dental Care. So we had Krista yeah. on for a, a, a podcast, and and Rob is also involved with that and actually knows Krista quite well, too. So, you know, yeah, that, I'm on that, the executive board for Affordable Dental Care. Yeah, yep, exactly. And, and how did you get involved there? Uh, about 10 years ago, Tim Buck, the gentleman who had the vision, uh, asked if I would come on board to help with him kind of training the dentists and how to work the practices. And so I came on board as a part owner with him, and uh, we tried to find a way to make those for-profit practices uh, earn some money. And then the money from those, Tim and I didn't take any money from those, was turned on and donated to the Affordable Dental Care Vision to run a uh, nonprofit dental clinic. And also, when it comes to to your practice, the, the profitable Profitable yep. practice, I'll call it. Warren Family Dental. Was it just you being the only dentist for a while? And then at some point in time, did you decide it was a point that you needed to hire an associate? Or what did that look like? Because sometimes people just start out, they're the only dentist on staff. You have a number of assistants and hygienists and maybe a practice administrator, things like that. But where was that inflection point of realizing that you might need to look at getting another dentist on, on board? 
Yeah, so in 2005 is when I went and bought my own practice over on the east side of Madison and turned it into Warren Family Dental. And for about 10 years, I was by myself uh, and really loved it. It was nice to, again, to kind of have the autonomy to kind of do what you want to do and run it how you want to run it. And then we got to the point where we were just so busy that we were having to either turn patients away or, you know, delay their appointments and felt we wanted to be able to help more people. Uh, so I brought on uh, an associate uh, for a while and, and had a couple of different ones as we worked through that and eventually actually bought my dad's location on the west side. So I had two locations for a while and realized it was just too much trying to manage multiple locations and, and do too much. And I was losing track of connecting with my team and my patients. So I sold the one, have just the one practice, yet still have an associate with me so we can, can continue to take care of, of more people. And I imagine fit is a, a huge thing too. Like for John and I and our firm at Wagner Condon, fit is huge, whether it's an advisor that we're going to hire, whether it's clients that we're going to take on board. And, you know, when you're looking for additional staff, I imagine fit is, is such a huge thing. And actually just, yes, well, at the, at the time of this recording yesterday, I talked to another guy that owns a dental practice and it took them 14 months to establish a relationship with an associate that was going to come on board. So how does fit play into this whole discussion? It's, it's a big part of it for the entire team. And one of the things when you go to hire people is you have to find people that are going to work with your personality, but you also can't find people that are just like you. You have to find people that are going to challenge you, going to push you, that almost hire to your weaknesses. So I try to find people that are uh, stronger in other areas that can help out the practice. And so going through a couple of different associates over the years, I've had some great relationships. I work through a mentor program at Marquette Dental School. And so I've had a couple different protégés have come to work for me, and they've gone off and uh, set up and started their own practice. Uh, and so currently I have a young lady with me right now, Dr. Alicia Malik, has been with me for a couple of years now and uh, has signed on again to be for a couple more years and eventually would hope to love to have her buy in. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. There's just different personalities, different approaches. And so that's why it is. It's, it's like a marriage. You have yeah. to kind of work things out, date for a little while, see how things work, see if you get along. Um, and like anything, be open and honest in the communication and say what is and what isn't working and where it can go from there. So, John, which, which dentist do you see when you go in to get your, your work done? When, when I go in, I, I exclusively <laughs> always see uh, Rob. So Because you know, he knows I'm in there, and he's going to pop in and say hi and check in, make sure that I'm you know, flossing and doing all the things right and keeping, keeping the smile looking nice. But it's, it's always nice. You know, he, Rob has a great staff. You, know, you, you, you do a great job over there of keeping people who are coming in, and they're having to work you know, multiple patients and just keep it going all day long. And, and the mood and the atmosphere is always friendly. And you, know, it, you, you never feel rushed, but at the same time, you don't feel like they're so busy that, that they can't get to you. Um, it's a personal, you know, it's just a great experience. So, you know, for me, I would never go anywhere else. I mean, if he told me that he was selling his practice and he was retiring, I'd be really sad. But I, I'm blessed to know a lot of dentists around town here, and I'm always proud when they ask who, who I work with. You know, they're like, oh, you know, they're asking, oh, are you going to come over and see me? And, and I'm like, well, you know, I've, I've got a dentist. He's one of my really good friends. So it's Dr. Rob Warren. They're like, oh, I know Rob. He's great. Yeah, he's awesome. So, and a lot of them, they talk to him about the fact that you work with the Badgers. You'd mentioned driving a Zamboni and that oh, your yeah. dad was, was a, a team dentist and that you've had the opportunity now to step into that role as well. And, and I know you've made some great relationships out of that too. So can you talk a little bit about that, your experience working with the uh, UW uh, sports program? Absolutely. Yeah. So back in actually the early eighties, uh, L. Ray Hirsch, the then athletic director of the University of Wisconsin came to my dad uh, as a patient, not telling him what he was all doing. And had my dad work on him and really made a connection there. And uh, so he asked my dad to be the team dentist back in the early 80s. And then, um, <coughs> excuse me. And so then uh, when I graduated in 2001, uh, I got connected with the university as well and started uh, covering mostly football uh, and uh, hockey and covering different sports. And so 
and my dad retired back in 2005. And so now I've kind of continued on the tradition and kind of oversee all of the, the programs. We have a couple of great dentists uh, from a couple of other offices in town that will take care of like the hockey team, that will take care of the basketball team. Um, but all athletes come in, we do an initial exam on them, check them out, make sure everything's looking pretty good. And then we turn around and make a custom mouth guards for them to help basically protect their teeth, but protect the TMJ and make sure they're keeping those pretty smiles looking good. And when you say hockey, is that men and women? Correct. Yep. So back okay. in uh, 2006, we had to start covering, used to be we actually traveled with the football team for everywhere and for uh, the hockey games had to be at every single game. And they expanded to cover women's sports, which is much needed back in 2006. And that's when we expanded it to add a couple other dentists because it was just too much to cover Men's football, uh, men's women's hockey, men's and women's basketball, softball, and wrestling are probably the big ones that we have to be on call for or around for. So we're in the booth here with the, the team dentist of the national champion 2019 women's hockey team. Yes, we are. Actually, amazing. that's probably one of the neatest things is to get to connect the athletes. You know, they work so hard, and it's such a privilege to be able to connect with them and just see their energy and watch them grow. They come in as sometimes these skinny, tiny, little, immature freshmen, and just the way they grow, not only in their size and strength, but in their maturity – uh, and the impact they can have uh, once they graduate. It's kind of fun to watch them grow up. Do you, do you have a favorite memory of uh, like a away game or like a bowl game or a national championship that you got to travel to because they needed you on the sideline? Or if, if you know, you think back? There, there's so many different memories. I've been so blessed to go to, I mean, from national championship hockey games to Rose Bowls uh, to the NCAA Final Four, uh, have been to all those with the Badgers in different areas. And so it's really hard to pick. I think the most memorable for me would have had to have been when Wisconsin won the national title for the men's hockey program back in, in the 2005 season, and uh, it was at the Bradley Center. So oh, we were there, awesome. got to go down on the ice, and my dad was still doing the team dentistry, so he and I were there together and got to be down there uh, on, the, on the ice and, and got to go out and celebrate with the team on the ice afterwards and in the locker room afterwards. That's probably one of the neatest memories for me as a as the team dentist to really enjoy that well, did they I, let speak, you drive the zamboni no they didn't okay. i did not get the opportunity to do that so outside of that yeah it's a lot of times it's just different injuries i mean we've had a lot of different athletes that get hurt for different reasons i've had a dislocated jaw you get to put back into place um i've done a root canal on the bench or in the locker room uh, wow. in between periods and after a game before just because that's what's needed so yeah a lot of different different opportunities there to say and that's probably the thing i love the most is the sports and trauma side of dentistry yeah, yeah the root canal is kind of like uh, uh, when our clients come in last year for review meetings when the market's down. It's like you don't want to go in there, <laughs> yeah. but you know you know you got to. So, <laughs> root canals aren't that bad. Come on, now they no, get a pretty no. bad rap, but overall they're actually not as bad as you think. So uh, I want to go back to your uh, you were talking about your dad and that experience you had in two thousand five. Um, I've had the opportunity to uh, to meet George and and your father, and, and outside of of anything he's done in dentistry, you know we we uh, Rob and I you know a number of years ago, we uh, we went up up north, I think it was north of Merrill. I can't remember yeah. the town we went to and um, Fort Wilderness, spent some time with other men and had a great um, opportunity just to meet meet George. But one of the things that impacted me was I met some other guys there, former NFL players yeah. who they all remember him as their dentist yeah. when they were in school and, and as a great man. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that relationship with your father over the years, his mentorship to you, um, what it's meant to you to have him in the community. I, I hope he listens to this podcast and he knows he had a, a huge impact on me in the, the four days that we got to spend together and the car ride and everything else. So, I mean, I, I would love to hear about that from you. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things I was very fortunate growing up um, with my father and the way he was always engaged, always involved uh, with our lives. And that was a big part of how he and my mom both did things for us. 
they really were always around for us. I was very fortunate to have them wanting to be a part of our lives. When we went on vacations or took trips, it wasn't just, all right, mom and dad, we'll take off and we'll leave the kids at home. We were with them. So they always wanted us around, kept us around, uh, engaged in doing different things. My dad coached my, uh, one of my first soccer teams when I was six years old, uh, even though we'd never played a lick of soccer, uh, which is always entertaining to watch still to this day. Uh, when I wanted to go play tennis, he was right there willing to practice with me. Uh, and again, I think the biggest thing always was leading by example. I mean, just a quiet, humble guy. My dad did not always say a lot, um, but he always let me know that he loved me. Uh, probably some of my favorite memories are actually more so even into college when I would be there struggling with something that was going on. I just get a little note card from my dad to say, hey, I'm proud of you. I know you can do this. I'm here for you. And that's probably the biggest thing they did um, is always knowing that he's there for me uh, and both my parents, that they were there for me if we needed them. And, and I think just some of the observations that I've had throughout this discussion are, yes, you were, you were an amazing, it sounds like, home where you could learn some of these things and adapt them. And then even just throughout that realization of the story, telling, telling us about when you decided that, ah, you know, is it medical school? Do I do dental school? And then you really latched on to that, that relationship and that the, the patient relationship that you can have and the impact that you can have through dentistry. It just felt different, it sounds like to you. And then even hearing John's comments on the, the feel when you go into the office, right? It, it sounds like that relationship piece is just so key and it's really passed on in, in your family, it sounds like, and, and it extends to your patients even. So my outside perspective is that you have accomplished that through your practice and the things that you are doing charitably. So just an observation that I had that I wanted to note here. Oh. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's something that, that even through the years doing different things with Blackhawk Church and getting engaged in the youth ministry, and as John was talking about some men's retreats, uh, learning a lot about finding ways to be intentional in what you're doing. Uh, you can meet and greet so many different people and connect to so many different people, yet what is the purpose of those connections? What's the intentionality of those interactions you have? Are you really there? Are you present with the person as you're trying to take care of them or as you're just trying to meet someone uh, and making it more about somebody and someone else bigger than yourself? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, there was uh, something you talk about, like being involved in the community now. Um, but here you are, you're probably, you know, early, mid forties, um, you have established a successful practice that I would think is very similar in the sense of what we try to do here, which is, you know, we, we talk about being comfortably unique and I can say that, you know, I've been in a number of dentist offices in my life and yours has its own little feel to it, which I think is great. Um, You've got affordable dental care that you're involved with on the board and other charitable things that you're involved in. So I'm really interested. What do you want to do when you grow up? That's a great question. So I always say that <laughs> age is a mindset. And even though I'm 46, I sometimes feel like I act like I'm 12. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you that. Or, your, or the kids. Or yeah. the kids. Yeah. Yes, yes. The Patty and Quinlan will say the same thing. Uh, you know, honestly, the ultimate vision for me is I want to get to the point where I can work because I want to, not because I have to. So uh, continuing to reach that goal of, you know, by 55, having a lot of the, the debt, the mortgage, the business stuff paid off. And ultimately, I'd love to be able to run... Uh, a 100% nonprofit dental clinic where you have an endowment that can run the overhead of that practice so you don't have to have necessarily uh, certain ways or depend on someone else to bring in grant money or to do fundraisers to get the clinic going. Uh, I really want to find a way to, to establish that to, as I always say, if I ever become a millionaire, I want to do dentistry for free uh, and really get a clinic going in like the hospital, for example. That's probably my ultimate dream right now. And in Dane County alone, the area hospital spent over $1.5 million on dental ER visits with no dental care. And so patients go there to get care. They can't because the facilities aren't there for it. And they say, all right, here's some 
pain meds and antibiotics and I'll go find a dentist and they have no place to go. Well, what, what you essentially described there, though, and, and, and just for our listeners out there, you know, this is, we, we love doing what we do. What you've described there is essentially what the majority of people we work with. It's the work optional lifestyle. I was wondering if you planted that I seed, did not. John. Because I did not. What you were describing, Rob, was exactly that. that and that's where I was going to go all to. the time. And they say, you know, we say, what do you want to be when you grow up? What is what does your future look like? What are we working towards? What's the goal? And for the majority of people, it's not to retire quote unquote, and go down and live at the villages and golf every day and play shuffleboard and, and go to dinner with people in their you know retirement community or have a house. What they want to do is they want to make an impact. They, they want to be able to do it in a situation where they don't exchange their time for income, that they have the, the means, the financial means necessary for them to go out there and be involved and do the things they're passionate and talented at and make a difference in the world. So that, that when you describe that, that that's awesome that when you grow up, that that's what your goal is because we, that's what we come to work for every day is trying to help people to achieve that type of a, of a goal or, or, you know, a life experience, which is, you know, don't make money something that you have to have. You save, you do the right things, you make the right decisions, and then you're able to help people. So I thought that was really neat that you shared that. Yeah. And, and what we're trying to do is really just give people the confidence and clarity of that future goal, right? Of that future state. So you, you have that defined in your mind, right? And then when it comes to John and I, we try to give them, like I said, the confidence and clarity on how to get there. So that's, that's really what's needed. A lot of times I will say as a, as a business owner, the biggest struggle I've had is the financial side of it, is just trying to figure out where do I spend money, where don't I? Where do I make the investment? Do I put money into retirement? Well, actually, no, maybe I should pay off some of my student loan debt or maybe I should pay off, I you know, remodeled my building in 2013. Do I pay that debt down? Trying to figure that out and always afraid you're going to make the wrong mistake and spend money in the wrong spots. And you said, get to that point and realize I have to, I have to keep working because I haven't planned the right way. Yeah. That, that's such a tough question. Do I, do I plow it back into the business versus you know handle some some personal things like you're saying? So that's that's a huge thing. And even investing in... Like like you said, you know, you have an associate on staff now, a couple of dentists, and you know, is it growing to the point where it'd be more valuable to the business to have that additional dentist or hygienist or whoever it might be, right? Exactly. And that's a tough decision. Well, I, I want to thank you again for coming in today. But before you know, we wrap up the podcast, I just want to say that not only do I love your staff, but you have a wonderful family. I know you mentioned um, you know Quinlan, Patty earlier, but also you know Aaron is is a special person, your wife, and I'm really excited for you guys with your new home out in Cross Plains. Or it's it's Cross Plains, pretty much, right? Not town of Springfield, yeah, but we're, we're out there Springfield. on the west side, and yeah, I'm very blessed to have her in my life. I always say I know I married up. Um, to find that connection, to find someone who is so strong in her faith that could come alongside me and continues to to just make our home life and our family life that much better. She's well, when we, when we, when we had moved here, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Ellen had a hard time meeting people. And I know Aaron was one of the first people that reached out to her and formed a friendship with her and really made her feel cared about and loved in this community. And I know she grew up out in the Milwaukee area, right. But, but has been out here for a long time. Yeah. I kidnapped her and brought her back here. And, and, uh, yeah, it's been very fortunate to, you, to have her. You have, you have a special life. I know that uh, our listeners that are going to tune in today that, that to learn a little bit about you, your practice, you know, growing up local, being Brad's your dentist, um, you know, being involved in the community, affordable dental care, all that stuff. I think the core of what you are, um, you know, is just a great person. And we're, we're really glad that you spent some time today. I'm excited to, uh, to continue in my future in the community here as a small business owner and, and what we do here to be able to partner up and, and be able to make a difference. So well, I appreciate I, you coming in. Well, and I appreciate you having me on. As I know, you, you and Ellen have been a, a, a good family and, and couple to connect with. And I've always admired how you find time for your family. It seems to always be a focus and a priority, which is where it needs to be. So it, it, the admiration goes both ways. Well, I appreciate that. 
Mitch, you know, this is uh, wraps up our podcast for the day. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in and tune in next week for Give Me Some Truth. You gotta leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. Ask the masses for silence. Look on dead in the eye. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Boniwaz are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.